You're listening to the Feed You Podcast. This is episode 20. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm Elisa Connor, and I'm your host. And I am so grateful you're here. So we have kind of an unusual topic that we're going to talk about this week. And it really came to me last week as I was bedridden with a horrible cough and cold. And I still don't know what it was. I'm just calling it the flu. The doctor didn't know. So anyway, um, while I was laying there, not really able to do much else, I came up with this um, topic. And it's a topic that I've really been learning a lot about recently, but have started my journey around um, energy and money almost five years ago. And I want to start by telling you that story. And then I want to dig into um, energy and money and how they relate and how we can attract and repel. And I've done a bunch of research around the science around it. And it's it kind of it's kind of exciting to me. So I might get a little excited and go into a coughing jag. So if I do, I'll try to edit that out. But um, but I want to start with the story. And this is a very personal story, and it's not one that I, I tell very often in public because it's um, it's difficult for me. It's a difficult story to tell, and um, I, I am still very emotional about it. But five years ago, my dad, around five years ago, my dad was diagnosed with terminal lung cancer. And um, I had made the decision when that diagnosis came in that at every opportunity that I had to spend with my dad, I was going to be fully present. I was intentionally going to show up and be present in that relationship and not let my mind travel, not let me be distracted by other things and just spend that time with my dad knowing that it was very limited. And I recall my introduction to energy and the power of energy very, very specifically because it centered around a memory with my dad. We were sitting in his oncologist's office and he was getting a chemo treatment. And I I fully remember it. My mom was there and she had invited some of his friends who wanted to basically come and spend some time with him while they still could. And they were holding a conversation in a different part of the room and it was it was a uh, community chemotherapy room i don't know if you have ever been in the situation where you've had to go with somebody for chemotherapy but they usually have two or three people getting chemotherapy at the same time and my dad and i were in a corner and um the hard part about uh, one of the harder parts about my dad having terminal lung cancer is he had also it also had gone to his brain and a lot of the time I, I sit and wonder, you know, how much did he really absorb when we were having conversation at the end? Because he just wasn't himself. He, he was always really, really sharp and he always um, was really good with conversation and numbers and all of that sort of stuff. And towards the end, he just he really couldn't do that because his brain was affected. But I remember specifically having this conversation with him and he just looked over to me and my dad called me pumpkin kid, even till I was, you know, till the day he died. It was a uh, nickname 
growing up, but he, he looked over me, he goes, pumpkin kid, what do you think happens when you die? And it caught me off guard a little bit because at that point I knew the roles truly had reversed from parent to child and child to parent. And I was taken off guard enough that I realized the words that started to come out of my mouth really weren't mine. And this is what I told him. And it has stuck with me because it was so powerful and because it came from a place that I was not consciously aware of. What I told him was, Dad, this is what I know. I know that when you pass away, there's no more pain. There's no more worry. There's, there's no more consuming thoughts, all of the things that take over our, our life, um, worrying about, you know, money and time and all these, the things you did wrong and your mistakes. And, um, th that is all gone because we are all energy and you're no longer contained by your body. You don't have those constraints. You don't have those pieces controlling you. And so you have the ability to be anywhere in time and space. You have the ability to communicate without using words. And I explained it to him like it was a two-way mirror so that he could see everything that was going on here and he could fully participate with everyone that was going, you know, had been a part of his life and everybody that he wanted to keep an eye on. We just couldn't see him because he was on the other side of the mirror. But let me recap that or recant that a little bit with we can still feel the energy. And after we had that conversation, I moved on and, and basically went through the grief of my father and didn't really think about the conversation too much afterwards for maybe two years. And then I started to learn a little bit more about energy and a little bit more about money and how the two are connected. And I heard again and again and again, because the universe will continue to give you the message until you get it, how energy is money and money is energy and that we are all energy. So it got me curious enough to go out and start researching. And if you know anything about me personally, you know that I am not really what you would call scientific. I uh, know just about enough science to be dangerous in a game of Trivial Pursuit. That's about it. It's not my favorite forte. My kids are brilliant at math and science and they ask me for help with their homework and I just go, bring me English. I can't help you with that. But it got me interested enough to want to research, you know, is it true? I want to go and find out about energy. Is it true that everything is energy and that if everything is energy, that money is also energy. So I went and I did a little research for you regarding physics. Now, if I had to choose a science per se to be interested in, it was de definitely physics. I had a really great physics teacher in high school and he made it easy to understand and it made it very applicable. He would um, put physics into the real world. And we specifically focused on what is called Newtonian physics. And Newtonian physics really briefly, I'm going to explain, um, covers everything that is physical that happens in our world. So I'm sure you've heard what goes up must come down. Everything that is put into motion stays in motion unless it's interrupted. Um, 
a reaction has an equal reaction, all those sorts of things are Newtonian physics. And we are very aware of that. I mean, if you pick up a coffee cup, it's heavy. If you drop it, it's going to break um, or it's going to fall to the ground. It's, it's very applicable to our daily lives. So that is Newtonian physics. Now, quantum physics came on the scene quite a bit later, and it has been studied repeatedly, and there are Nobel Prize winners, and I, I don't want to go too deep into it, but it is newer on the forefront of physics. And it covers everything that is intangible. In other words, um, it covers the things that happen that we can't see because they are waves of motion or um, frequencies that our human eyes just can't see. And they are in motion all the time. Just like we are in motion all the time, but we can't see it. So with that commonality or that information about physics, that we have these two components. We have the physical and we have the intangible, the, the frequency, the motion piece of it. That intangible piece is referred to as zero point field or the subatomic field, divinity, God, whatever you believe in. I am not here to tell you what that is. But that is the intangible piece. And what they are finding is that that is what controls everything that's physical in our life. And if that's true, then we have the power to tune into that frequency and manifest into our lives that which we want or that which we don't want. So if I haven't lost you yet, let's just take it back to the science piece of it so that if we have the tangible and the intangible and they're both operating together on the same frequency, they have to exist together. And if that's the case, then we have the ability to change the frequency. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because it's, it's very sciencey in here. It's making me a little bit uncomfortable and I hope it's not making you uncomfortable, but I thought it was really important to look at the science piece of this because I think we take a lot of what is said, the words that we say uh, or the words that we hear and we just apply them without actually going and looking and, and researching and finding out what does that really mean? And is it a reality? Is it scientifically based? And so I really wanted to, to dig into that. What I found is that if that is true, and we are all energy, in fact, we are all 99.9999999% light, which is the basis of energy, then if that's the case, we have the ability to tune in and modify that frequency. And because you can modify the light the positive or the negative. So if that's the case, we can do that in every aspect of our life, including money, because money, if it's energy, does not have a positive or a negative connotation. It's neutral. It just exists the way it exists until we give it one, a positive or a negative interaction. And so if that's true, we have the ability to change our story, change uh, our previous belief system around money. So I played with this a little bit because I'm, I am not only, you know, want to go do the research, but I actually want to see, okay, is it going to work? 
And it's very interesting um, because it does work. And it works on a level that even, I almost think that our brains can't understand because it is so outside of our comfort zone uh, because we can't feel it, we can't see it, we can't touch it. But what I found is that you can't go in one of, you can't go too far in either direction. You can't go too far in the physical and expect everything to be seen or heard, but you can't also live in a pipe dream that's, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire just by sitting here and meditating about it. That's not reality. The reality is, is that you have to do both in tangent. You have to create the action behind the intention of what you're trying to create energetically. In other words, if you want to make a million dollars in your business, you can put that intention out there and change the energy and the frequency around how that's going to happen. But you also have to do the work to get there. And so with that being said, all of us, because we're human beings, naturally have money blocks, unless we've figured out how to release them. Because we have had experiences, we have had um, beliefs passed down to us, and we have conscious and unconscious beliefs around money. One of the, the things that comes one of the sayings that comes up often when we're talking about money is money doesn't grow on trees. Money is hard to attain. Money is, you got to work hard for it. Um, there's no free lunch. You know, we have all a million sayings around money, but those are things that have been passed down to us from either our parents or from other relationships or situations or experiences that doesn't necessarily make them true. And so I wanted, because I liked to give you actionable uh, takeaways from this podcast, I wanted to give you some ways that you could reframe and refocus your belief system around money so you could play with this and see if it works for you. And it's funny because in my own experience, and I started playing with this now probably three or four years ago, and of course I am not perfect, I'm not claiming to be perfect, but it's been very interesting to watch at the times that I'm very, very attached to the outcome of how something should show up um, and putting fear into what if it doesn't versus it'll take care of itself. Every single time that I have the intention and the energy around the bills will take care of themselves, it happens. Like it just happens. But as soon as I focus on, oh, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, we don't have enough, guess what? We don't have enough. So it's been very, it's kind of an interesting game to play. And it's really hard to get in the habit sometimes of being like, okay, I know that there's not enough money in the checkbook. However, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on money just sporadically showing up and I'm going to do what I can do to make that happen. And so I'm not saying, you know, you can't just sit around and wish for money to show up because that's not how it works. But you can guide your energy, guide your intention around what you do want versus what you don't want and then take the action to make that happen. So, but there's a lot of work that you have to do to kind of get ready mentally if you have, I call money garbage brain in your head and we all have it and it's not anybody's fault necessarily. Like you can't look at your parents and say, oh, it's their fault that I believe this because in reality, they are only teaching you what they learned first and from their experiences and their um, 
parents taught them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so the blame game needs to be tabled and just at this point take responsibility. So I wanted to give you some tips and some ideas on how to change your money mentality and change the way you think about money and change that frequency so that you can draw more of it into your life. And so I did some research on that. And first, I want you to identify that you have known beliefs about money and maybe just jot those down, journal them. And it can be some of the sayings that I told you uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, If you have unknown beliefs, like are there things that are keeping you trapped in the, the money cycle that you don't consciously know why it's happening. And we're going to talk about one of those um, number six in just a minute. That'll bring a little bit more clarity to that. And then your last thing that you kind of want to look at is what habits and patterns do you have around money? And why do you have those? Are they yours? Do they belong to somebody else where they pass down? Um, You know, whatever that looks like, but just kind of journal about those three things. The first one, you know, what are your known beliefs about money? What are your unknown beliefs? And what habits or patterns do you have when it comes to money? And a habit or pattern could be something like you get a check and you're so excited about getting a check that you immediately go out and spend it all. And then you look and you're like, oh, I don't have any money or you don't keep track of your spending. And so then you have credit card debt again and it happens and it recycles and recycles and recycles and you can't figure out why it's happening, but you know, it's a habit or pattern. So just jot that stuff down. If you need to pause this, you can do that. Just grab a journal and jot it down. And then I wanted to give you some tips on how to clear the flow of money, clear those habits and patterns and attract more energy um, around money and attract more money into your life and start to erase those patterns and erase those either conscious or subconscious patterns. Now, this is not something that's going to happen overnight. I don't want to lead you down this path and have you believe that, oh, if I do this, everything's going to be perfect because it doesn't work that way. It took you a long time to develop these patterns and to develop these beliefs. And so it's going to take some time to reprogram them. But number one, and this I have seen over and over and over again in my life work. And sometimes I get out of the habit of of doing my gratitude journal, but when I do it, it makes a huge difference. And um, I'm you can't do everything perfect all of the time. And I'm at one of those points where I'm trying to reboot some of my habits. And I think for some reason, when after the holidays, I'm just, I think I was just so depleted that a lot of stuff just went to the wayside. And so today's kind of like my new start to the new year, even though it's already the 23rd, I think that's okay. Better late than never. Um, But to have a gratitude journal, and I do this right before I go to bed, I just write down five things that I'm grateful for, for that day. And if you listen to my podcast with George Carroll, a couple months ago, he talks about one of the things, one of the habits that he's developed is before he even opens his eyes, he just starts saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, over and over and over again in his head. So that when his feet hit the floor, he's already grateful. And you can attribute that to experiences in your life, people in your life, all of the things that are easily taken for granted. You know, the things that your body does for you every day, that you have food, that you have a car, that you have healthy family, all of these different things. And if you start your day that way, and then you end your day with five things that you're grateful for specifically from that day, 
there it keeps the the gratitude flow going doesn't mean you have to do it every single day you know if you're dying of pneumonia because you're really really sick in your bed then no you know you can take a break but make it a habit and do it as often as you can because i have found a significant difference when i do my gratitude journal versus when i do not so step number one is gratitude be grateful for even interactions when you can become grateful for interactions that raise your blood pressure stress you out make you unhappy when you can find gratitude in those moments you know that things are shifting and it is not easy it's not easy but be aware of that be aware of gratitude and always look for something to be thankful for in every situation so that's number one number two is to observe your current habits and how you're sabotaging yourself when it comes to money. And these will continue to come up. That's why I'm like, if you have like a little money journal you can create, and I just use these um, composition notebooks, you can buy them at Target or whatever your favorite superstore is, but uh, I think they're like 50 cents, so they're super cheap. And I buy them during back to school time because I use them all the time to plan things. But have a journal, just start documenting you know when you have a thought about money especially if it's negative but it could be positive too because you can use both but if it's negative write it down so that you can kind of look at it and go okay well where did that come from and so here's an example from my own life my and i just had this happen a couple weekends ago when i was in an event my parents um have a very interesting they had a very interesting story around money and i always thought that my dad was more like scarcity motivated and um you know there's not enough and because of his upbringing i mean they he grew up during the depression and there was a lot of scarcity that came around that and in reality he was actually on the forefront of changing that story around and it took me some time to figure out oh this didn't come from him this could have been from his parents or his parents' parents. Um, on the other hand, it's very interesting because I always thought that my mom, because she handled the money piece of it, as far as paying bills and making sure that you know money had been saved and all that stuff, really has a different story around money. And I catch her in it sometimes. I don't say anything because it's her journey, but I catch her in that conversation. And I realized that she spent enough time with my dad that she started to shift that mentality. But really her ingrained mentality is scarcity around money. And I have to be aware of that. And I have to be aware of how that affects my thinking because intentional or not, she programmed that into my psyche as well. And so um, it's kind of like a split person. She almost has a split personality around money. Either, you know, there's enough to pay the bills or there's not enough. And it's just very interesting. And I know she got it from my grandmother, but just being aware of those stories and where they came from. And a lot of it is going to be investigating with your childhood and the experiences you had and the, the words that were said to you from your parents or from the people that raised you or your siblings. And what did you internalize that you did not intend to internalize? And then just documenting it. Don't judge it. Don't just write it down and see, you know, where does the story come from? Because once you're aware of it, you'll, uh, you'll see it in your life. 
And the more aware of it you become, the less you will tolerate it. And so the less you tolerate it, the more willing you are to change it. So with that being said, that's step number three, is to document your values around money and then rewrite or shift your thinking around those that involve scarcity. And this is harder than you think it is because a lot of our money beliefs and the things we believe about money and gaining money and abundance are just automatic. They're unconscious. So we aren't even aware of it until we start to document it. So it was really important for you to have a notebook just to write these down. When you think about it, you don't have to do it all day or anything like that, but just when you think about it or when you hear words coming out of your mouth. So that's number three is to document and rewrite those <coughs> values so that they are all positive and um, in, in a mind frame that is in alignment with the energy of money and in, in the way that you want money to appear in your life. And then number four is that, and this is probably, this probably should be number one, but it didn't flow as well. But number four is, you know, we all have this um, tendency as human beings to think that money will buy us happiness. That if we have a million dollars, that everything will be perfect in our lives. We'll be able to have the house we want, the car we want, everybody will be happy. But the reality is, is that you've seen people I, I don't have the percentage in front of me, but you've seen people win millions of dollars in the lottery. And then within a year, they're dead broke again. And a lot of that is because their intention behind getting that money was not, they thought it was going to make them happy, but they didn't fix any of the other pieces. They didn't fix their belief system. They didn't fix you know, how they interact with money. They didn't fix their relationship with money. And so the other component is that we have found from studies of those people that have made millions of dollars or won millions of dollars is that they're not any happier than they were having no money. And so you've got to figure out the happiness piece first. That's really the lesson here is that, you know, what are your intentions behind money? And if it's because you think it's going to make you happy, I'm going to pull a Marianne Williamson quote out and say, you better figure that shit out first. Excuse my potty mouth, but you better figure out what makes you happy before the money gets here. Because if you don't, the happiness problem isn't going to be solved. So I'm not saying you need to walk around being Molly Sunshine all the time, but you do need to figure out what makes you happy. And then the money will only exasperate that happiness. Like you're, you're only going to create more of what you've already created is what I'm trying to say. So figure that out and search for the underlying issue of what's making you unhappy if you're unhappy or what is making you happy if you are happy and then do more of that. And then number five is to affirm the abundance that shows up in your life. So for example, um, I went to a seminar this has probably been about three years ago a seminar and it was the first time i ever heard the saying checks in the mail and what does that saying mean it means that um it's it's basically having gratitude for money you haven't received yet so if you're expecting uh, to get paid by a new client for example and if you have the intention of 
you know, this could go one of two ways. One, oh, they're not going to pay me on time. I'm not going to get the check. Something's going to happen. Well, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. Whereas if you have a payment that you're expecting or you have a bill that is sitting there waiting to be paid and you're like, well, check's in the mail. You know that the uni- you're telling the universe it's already taken care of. So thank you. Checks in the mail. Thank you. Because you're setting the intention around money that it's already there. And I've done this several times when we've had big expend- expenditures come up. And um, for example, uh, two, well, I guess it's been a little over a year ago, we needed a new furnace and air conditioner. I don't know if you know anything about furnaces and air conditioners, but they're expensive. And I just didn't know how it was going to happen. So I just said, okay, well, this needs to happen. We're going to put it on a credit card and the money's going to show up. Sure enough, uh, after it was put in, I got a client and we paid for that entire furnace and air conditioner in full. It was taken care of because I set the intention with the universe and the energy with the universe that it would be taken care of. So checks in the mail is one of my favorite uh, sayings to say to myself. And then when you get checks in the mail, say, oh, thank you for the check in the mail. And I have some clients that pay me with checks. Maybe you don't get checks anymore, um, but you can do this with your bank account balance too, is just to go in and go, oh, I'm so grateful my bank account balance is $10,000. Or whatever your balance is, doesn't matter what the amount is. Just be grateful. Tell money thank you. Um, And thank you for the money. Thank you for the money. Thank you, money. I love you, money. All that sort of stuff. And it sounds a little bit crazy when you say it out loud, but the reality is, is that frequency raises the frequency for your money beliefs. Uh, My other favorite one comes from my friend, Terry Cargilla, who was also on the podcast. And she always asks the question, how much better can this get? And this is around not only money, but abundance. So if something really awesome happens, you get a new client, you just say, how much better can it get? And that sets the intention with the universe to deliver more of that abundance. And so those are just some tips of ways that you can reframe and create affirmations around your abundance. And there are, you can Google and find hundreds, probably thousands of Uh, abundance affirmations. So just, you know, write your own, write what appeals to you and what um, really relates to your thoughts and your heart and the way you want to go forward and believe. And then this is a big one. Number six, this is the final one, is to become aware of your fears around success. And these are also conscious or unconscious can be things like successful people don't have very many friends. I'll be a bad person if I'm successful. I will be greedy if I have too much money. All of these thoughts, all of these patterns, all of these beliefs are not, if we are energy and energy is neutral unless we charge it in one way or another and money is energy and we charge it one way or another, then those beliefs can't be true unless we believe them to be true. And so we have to change the belief. That being said, you might be surprised when you when you do this journaling story as well and uh, what comes up. And I would say, you know, ask yourself these questions on a regular basis, especially if you're feeling really stuck when it comes to money and wanting to create or draw in additional money into your life. Just really ask yourself these questions and sit down and give yourself five minutes to write an answer or 10 minutes. 
and see what comes up and then see how you can reframe that. Um, and then, so really simply, you wanna write down what your belief is, where it came from, and then how do you address that fear or that um, disbelief around money in a positive way? So let me give you an example. One of the beliefs that I was raised with and that my mother will still tell you, I can say that because she doesn't listen to this podcast, but um, she will say, I hope money doesn't change you with a negative connotation of, you know, money will change you and you will not be a good person. And if that's the case, then why would I ever want to make more money? And so I have reframed that. Here's my reframe. And this came, this was something that came to me from various people. The more money I make, the more people I can help. The more people I help, the more money I can make. And that reframes it in both directions so that it is always coming from a place of service. And it is always because you can't hold on to money either because then you're stopping the flow. So the people that hold on to their money as tight as they can, there's no way that more money can come in and no way that more money can go out because you're holding it as tight as your fist. Whereas if you have both hands open, you can receive and you can give. You can receive and you can give. And that mentality does not relate to being a bad person because the more money I have, the more people I can help in the causes that I'd like to fund. And the more people that I help with my expertise and my education and my information in my business, the more money I make. Because the more people I help, the more money I get from clients. So it works in both directions. So just think about that and think about how you can reframe some of the thoughts that you are maybe stuck in when it comes to abundance. And then the last tip that I have for you is, you know that I am a firm believer in meditation if you listen to this podcast on a frequent basis. And meditation and imagination are two of your biggest friends when it comes to abundance and attracting money. Because we are so busy and so inundated with devices and knowledge and information and it comes to us from every angle if you can give yourself 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night to just unplug and just think about what you really want to achieve what you really want to draw into your life and imagine it in in detail imagine that if you have a new house on your radar What does the front porch look like? Does it have a porch swing? What color is it? Who's on the front porch waiting for you? What does the kitchen look like? How many chairs are there? What kind of countertops do you have? What are you doing in that kitchen? Are you having people over and entertaining? Are you just having your family there? What does it look like? And the more you imagine it and the more you intentionally create that picture in your mind and associate it with a positive frequency, the more likely it will show up in your life. The more likely you will draw that or something like that into your life. 
And so when you're thinking about that, give yourself the opportunity to use your imagination and color a picture in your mind of what you want to do with money. And it really doesn't have to be the money because the money will follow your intention. If you are wanting to create a specific lifestyle, like you want more freedom so you can travel, then that's where you should put your intention. That's where you should put your energy. So to take it full circle and go back to the science piece of it, energy is light and we are 99.9999999% light. And if that's the case, then we are made of light. We are also made of energy. So all we have to do is align our frequency, our light frequency to the same frequency as money and abundance. And we have to raise that to a higher level because one of the laws of physics, quantum physics, is that we can never attract high energy being at a low frequency. And so we have to be at the same frequency as money in order to attract more of it into our lives. So this has been a little bit out there and I know it's, I I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something and I hope that you will take some of the tips and tricks that I put out there for you to reframe your energy around money and reframe your energy around abundance and put them into play and then give me some feedback. I have a community set up on Facebook, the Feed You community. And you can go over there and ask to join. It's a free community. Um, And just give me your your opinions and your your insights into this episode and let me know, you know, what's working, what's not working. Did I hit a nerve? Um, Are you going to try some of this? I, I would just love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much for joining me. It is always my pleasure to be here and share some of the things that are going on with me and with my business and in my life. And I so appreciate you. So thanks so much. And I will see you next week. We are talking all about the power of content and whether you need to create or repurpose your content. So tune in for next week's episode. And I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great week. This episode is being brought to you by my new master training. Pretty doesn't pay the bills. If you've invested in all the aesthetics of building a brand, including picking the right fonts, picking the right colors, and creating that magazine-worthy website, yet you're still not seeing any additional traction, clients, or money in your business, this master training is built for you. In this master training, I will cover the three essentials that your brand is missing in order for you to gain the traction you need, get in front of the people you need to get in front of, turn them into paying customers, and last but not least, create the business that you love. To join me for this free training, please visit my website, alisaconnor.com forward slash pretty. I'll see you inside and I look forward to having the opportunity to share this training with you. Again, you can find the link to join the training at alisaconnor.com forward slash pretty. podcast at www.alisaconnor.com forward slash podcast. 